Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,291. What if you could summon a car, it would show up at your house or office with no driver, you get in and drive it where you want and just leave it and it drives away. Yeah, the future's here. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. No, I'm not throwing money into a slot machine. I'm learning about how the future is here today, and I'm with a very special guest by the name of Anand Nanda Kumar. Nand, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? <laughs> I'm so ready. If I could find the clutch in the car, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say uh, no clutch in this case because we're going to be talking about EVs today. However, um, before I get started and I give you a proper introduction, I would love for you to share one little thing with our listeners that maybe most people don't know about you. Um, I'm originally from India and I moved to America with uh, $90. Whoa, holy, you're one of those stories. That's fantastic. One of those original stories, yes. Wow. What part of India are you from? South India, a city called Chennai. Well, my listeners know that I, and we had a little pre-show chat, I got to visit India for the first time over Christmas and New Year's for my son's wedding, uh, Mumbai. And since we're talking about cars and transportation, I was uh, telling Anand how still amazed I am at how the the traffic actually works in Mumbai and the people actually <laughs> get around. But you had some interesting words or terminology to share with me. Can you, can you share your perspective on how these cities that are so congested work on the roads? One of them, I think you said, was fluid dynamics. <laughs> That's right. If you think about America, it's very organized. You know, people actually do stop at stoplights and stop signs. <laughs> yeah. and, you, know, you kind of follow your road regulations and rules, but India is quite different. It's kind of the wild, wild west in the middle of, you know, India, yeah. where people don't really follow the traffic rules, but it's more organized rules that are coming together. So if you look at it in a top-down perspective, say from a helicopter, it looks like water flowing or a fluid flowing. That's why I call it fluid dynamics. <laughs> you know, that's a great description. And the other part of it was uh, the horn honking. My uh, daughter-in-law's father was telling me, well, in the United States, you know, you guys honk <laughs> horns when you're mad or angry. Here, it's just a, a wave hello as we go by. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. It's like, hey, I see you. Horn. Yeah. That's how it is. It's like namaste. There you go. <laughs> namaste. Yeah, exactly. It took a while for me to get used to it. And I, I still wake up screaming in the middle of the night sometimes, but uh, I survive. So <laughs> I think the biggest thing was surviving crossing the street when you're not in a car and doing it and living. Oh. <laughs> that was... oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, the chicken does not cross in India. No, no, I think they were smarter than me. But we did it a few times and nobody hit us. <laughs> you know, it was just kind of like, well, it just works. So, yeah, I, I was being the water. You know, the uh, uh, philosophy. You got to be, be water. You be, be the Bruce water. I, get, I think it was Bruce Lee that said, be the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, let's get on with this. I want to give you an introduction because what you're doing is just, wow, blows my mind. Anand Ananda Kumar is the CEO and founder of Halo Car, Halo.car, the leading provider 
of remote delivered electric vehicles. Yeah, you heard me right. Remote delivered electric vehicles. Halo Car's mission is to rapidly accelerate the global transition to electric vehicles without the need of private car ownership. Very interesting. Prior to founding Halo Car, he led the perception team at Uber, that other driving company, self-driving division, where he oversaw the deep learning imaging research team. He also led trailblazing technology divisions at companies including Sony, Disney, Vodafone, NBC Universal, TV Guide, and others. Anand holds a bachelor's degree in computer science and engineering from the University of Madras and a master's degree in advanced software engineering. Yeah, we got a smart guy with us today uh, from the University of Sheffield. In his spare time, Anand enjoys talking about quantum physics to anyone and everyone. Oh my goodness. I think I'm going to need a drink after this one, but I'm going to try to keep up with you, Anand. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our Fine sponsors, they're the ones that keep the uh, petrol, or in this case, the electric current in the car, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same, and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collector's Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collector's Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collector's Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collector's Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Are you wondering what your collector car is worth these days? Are you thinking about buying a collector car? I know who can help. My friends at Classic.com will help you stay on top of the market so you know which similar vehicles are out there, what they're selling for, what you should pay, and how to price your vehicle. Go to Classic.com slash garage, enter your vehicle's information, specs including the year, make, model, mileage, and options, and they will provide you with a list of recent comparable sales. Their powerful search engine is up to date, finding new listings, tracking sales, and keeping you informed, providing data so you can make the right decision. If you're selling a vehicle, they can help as well with their Classic.com Pro Division, steering you to a qualified professional who will help. Finding the right vehicle and selling your vehicle is all about timing and exposure. So what are you waiting for? Go to classic.com slash garage and give it a run. That's classic.com slash garage and tell them Mark sent you. So Anand, uh, this is fascinating. Now you came from the the company Uber, which we all know. And I'll tell you, that was one of the best and easiest ways for me to get around in India was using Uber. I couldn't believe how easy it was, nor how inexpensive it was, Uh, much less expensive uh, than here. But Halo.car, Halo is fascinating to me. And I love the the entire concept from the beginning of the name, the idea of Halo, an angel that swoops in, picks you up and takes you where you need to go. You get out, walk away and you don't worry about it. Now, for those of us who love cars, this might be a little bit of a foreign idea, but 
I'm thinking this. You have your really fun, cool car that you keep in the garage, but you use Halo to get you around so you don't have to worry about your car sitting around all day or being abused by the guy next to you who opens his door. But I want to go back to the beginning. After Uber, you, you came up with this concept and you're creating what you're creating. How did this all come about? Why did you want to stay in this spectrum of the car world? And tell our listeners about what Halo is. Yeah, before I do that, I'm going to have to give a bit of a life story and the mission for my life. I love it. Because okay. it all kind of <laughs> it all kind of connects together. Okay. So I originally joined Uber because I wanted to personally make a big climate impact. Uh, and I saw, if you think about transportation, it's the biggest, one of the biggest pieces of carbon emissions globally. And if you think about it, 41% of all transportation-based carbon emissions are coming from private cars. So the cars that we drive make that much pollution. So Uber was in the perfect positioning to actually eliminate the notion of car ownership altogether. If all cars are electric and all cars are autonomous, then there's no need for the car to sit in a garage 23 hours a day. That's right. 96% of the car ownership, when you own a car, it's just parked in our garages. So today we make cars that are made to be parked. For every car that's manufactured in the U.S., eight new parking spaces are made with it. This is the reason why American cities are dense with parking lots and not affordable housing. My mission was to change that drastically and say, what if cars could just be driving around all the time and never be parked? And that's why I joined Uber to bring about this whole vision of all autonomous vehicles that are just driving around everywhere. But turns out, Autonomy itself is such a big, difficult problem. It's going to take 15 plus years to actually commercialize that. So that's when I left Uber to say, okay, my mission is not to solve autonomy. My mission in life is to accelerate the planet to all electric vehicles. I'm going to spring forward a little bit here and break down electric vehicle in combination with private cars. They both are not that great together when they combined. If you think about EVs, it makes perfect sense because they don't use carbon to drive around. You don't use fossil fuels. It makes perfect sense that all cars are electric. Obviously, we're not using you know, fossil fuels. But private cars and EVs, when they're privately owned, it's extremely difficult for radical transition for the world. If you think about it, EVs are too expensive, number one. Average EV costs around $40,000. Only a handful, very, very small single-digit percent of the entire population is able to afford a $40,000 car. And number two, even if you're able to afford it, you have to retrofit your house with some form of charging infrastructure, which, again, you can't do it if you're renting a house, if you live in an HOA complex, you just simply can't do it. So this infrastructure problem is another big, big challenge. Because of this, you don't see general population just shifting to all EVs radically. You do see Teslas running everywhere, but it's not radically changing. So I would even go even a lot more deeper if you think about like there are 280 million cars in American city, I mean American roads today. And overnight, if they all became electric, we simply do not have the infrastructure to charge these cars. Right. Yeah. So. We are far away from transitioning the world to all electric. This is all because of private cars. If private cars are not owned, you can have your pleasure car just like what you mentioned. But if you have the daily commute car to be a push a button, a car just shows up, you hop in, how much of it you want to drive, drive it. When you're done, you don't have to park. Parking is one of the biggest challenges in modern cities and even urban environments where people struggle to find parking spots and they spend so much time trying to find parking spots. 
So in this case, you just what if you could just hop off and walk away? The car is just gone, and it's just gone to another customer. That was the vision behind Halo. In about four years, it took us to get this level of research, and we're now commercializing it. And the product essentially works this way: you go to Halo.car, and you push a button and request a car. We will remotely drive. That's right, remotely drive a old electric vehicle with nobody inside to just deliver the car to you. Once the car is delivered, you drive how much of it you want. When you're done, you don't park. You just leave it. We'll remotely connect to it, take it over, and drive it to the next customer. It's just it's like uh, the future is here. I mean, it's, the whole concept is really amazing to me. Now, as a diehard car guy, though, I'm getting a little nervous, Anand, with your concept of, <laughs> of no private cars because it sounds like, wait a minute, you're taking away my freedom. I, I, I kind of get this yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that aspect. And of course, you're, you're on Cars Yacht today. So we are diehard car enthusiasts. And I have to admit, I've had many cars that sit a lot, you know, collector cars in my life that don't drive. And now that I'm at home, my car sits in the garage quite a bit. Um, thank goodness I don't have to commute anymore because I hated that part of my life. <laughs> However, Halo Halo.car is interesting to me because being a diehard car fanatic, uh, the idea that I don't have to abuse my I'll call it fancy or my sports car, my fun car, my, enjoy, you know, the weekend I go out and drive into the mountains and enjoy my drive because that's what I do. And I can do it with your vehicle and not worry about washing it right. and cleaning it and insuring it and, and all those costs for that car that you're right. I would drive for 30 minutes. It would sit in a parking lot all day and then drive for 30 minutes and it would sit in my house all right. night. And so I get the concept and I think it's fascinating. The other part of this too is for people who have are challenged with driving you know, maybe they, they're uncomfortable. And that was part of my question. If I summon a Halo car, do I have to drive it? Or in the future, will it, I just get in the back and it will drive me? Yeah, at this stage, we're still a young company. Right? We're just commercializing this right now. Uh, at this stage, it's basically a remotely delivered car company, right? Okay, yeah. uh, but the beauty here is every time our customers drive, our AI in the background is learning and getting better and better and better in the hopes that in just a few years, it will start driving you in certain areas that it's very comfortable with. It won't be all the time, but it'll be majority of the time. Well, I would th I'm thinking of somebody like my mother who's getting older. Driving is becoming a little bit of a more of a challenge for her. And I just had mm -hmm. this talk with her last week. She's scared to death of the concept of giving up her car because her car is, represents her freedom and yeah. ability to go. However... If a car rolls up, and, and here's another funny thing. I mean, I've said, Mom, use Uber. Well, I don't know who's driving me. I'm not so comfortable getting a car with somebody I don't know. Oh. Again, kind of old yeah. world thought, but I, I understand that. Um, you know, we all have gotten in cabs. And I don't know about Ubers, but cabs with people and you go, uh, I don't know about this guy. Uh, although I did <laughs> rent a town car once with a guy who was half asleep and almost killed my whole family. So that's another story. Oh. Yeah, I was working, you know, two jobs and I finally said, pull over, I'm driving because you're falling asleep, dude. That was very frightening. However, um, I'm guessing that these autonomous cars don't fall asleep because they just work all the time. So yeah, kind of, right. kind of, kind of a neat thing. Well, you're bringing the futures to us to hear and whether there's listeners out there that agree or disagree with the concept of private ownership going away, which I'm guessing everybody listening to the show right now is yelling into uh, the speakers <laughs> going, you cannot take my car from me. Sorry, Anand. <laughs> However, I get it. And especially having visited big cities, uh, living in Southern California as I used to, the traffic is horrible. Uh, not much fun to sit in. The fact that you can... Uh, 
you know, summon a car and not abuse your own car and save that for the fun times or the track times makes a world of sense to me. So, yeah, it's it's just fascinating. What we're actually saying is we're not saying that we're we're taking the freedom away. That's not at all what we're saying. Mm-hmm. In fact, we're saying eat your pleasure car, whatever car, your, your Porsches or your uh, 76 Mustang Fastback, so whatever you want to there have, you, you keep that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, and we're not taking away those, those you know, ultimate precious items. What we're saying that is, in general, when cars are used for commuting, that's the crazy emission part that we want to redact from the environment to save the planet. Right? That's what we're saying. We will just bring a car to you. And even when we bring a car to you, it's your freedom. You still drive. You drive wherever you want, how much of it you want. And in fact, we're saying we bring the car fully charged. When you give it to us, you don't have to recharge the car. You just use it as much as you want. Just give it to us with just 10 miles left. We'll take over. Nice. It's, it's a really wonderful concept, I think. I think it's fantastic and will help so many people and free up a lot of things. And as you say, cut down emissions and, and all the other aspects of EVs and what they're doing. You know, you are you're one of these smart people that are paving the way for the future. Excuse the pun as related to cars, but it was worthwhile. Uh, when you think about <laughs> your, what I call your driving inspirations, influential people, mentors in your life, have you had somebody like that that you've worked with or been around or could be a family member that really pushed you into the world that you're in today? Absolutely. I, I really have to say my my father was one of my earliest inspirations he has started about 40 different companies. 40? <clears throat> practical resources, yes. Whoa. <laughs> He's seen all the ups, all the downs, and just kept persevering, keep going and keep going and keep going. I've never seen someone do that much of you know, intense work at the same time, trying to follow your instincts and go build something from scratch. So I would say my, my dad is one of my best inspirations. Well, no kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's just inc- incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. 40, uh, 40 companies. Well, yeah. When you, you live up, live and grow up around that type of an inspiration, how can you not almost have to go out and, and do this kind of thing <laughs> with your life? So incredible. He must be, be very proud. What about challenges. Uh, Developing what you're developing has to be fraught with many challenges. I mean, as we learned about Uber and the growth and trying to build that brand and the difficulties and challenges of being a major disruptor, which by the way, I love disruptors. (laughs) You're my hero. Uh, What about challenges? Is there one in particular that you can look back on that you overcame? However, you can say, you know, that wasn't fun to go through, but I'm sure glad I have that experience because it taught me some really valuable lessons. Now, right now you're going, Mark, pick one. I mean, come on. I'm a a startup (laughs) guy. There's a billion of them, but maybe one you could share that might have some resonance with a listener out there and give them some encouragement that this is worth going through. Oh man, that's a tough one. (laughs) I know it would be (laughs) for a startup guy. Yeah. So maybe I'll, uh, I'll start with one thing that it's kind of, you know, um, kept the wheels, wheels going. Uh, I started the company in 2019. The first year was a very, very interesting year because we, uh, Originally, the idea was building our own car from scratch. It's a very small one-seater pod that we built from scratch. Prototype vehicles are easy. Manufacturing is incredibly challenging. So we ran into so many difficulties in manufacturing it. So I essentially had to you know, change direction because I just simply couldn't fundraise for it. I just simply couldn't. Running out of money, 
all the challenges that he could possibly face, never taking a salary for a very long time. It was incredibly challenging to just survive every single day. And at one point, I had to decide what is our core strength in the company? What is the thing that we've built so far that could be a unique differentiating factor? So it turned out that there was this one device that we built into the car to allow us to remotely control that vehicle. And that was the unique property that we built, not the whole vehicle itself. So at that moment, I had to decide whether to shut down the company or use what we've got and make something out of it. And turns out the device that we built, it's the retrofit kit that we still use to actually integrate into any electric vehicle to allow us to remotely drive the vehicle. So that allowed us to survive through COVID, survive through all the tough fundraising environment to get to this, right? Because that was a unique ability that could be integrated into pretty much any vehicle form factor to, to be, you can control that remotely. That was just like, at that moment, when I pitched that investors, it was just like, what are you talking about? You, you're telling me you're going to drive a 4,000 pound vehicle on public roads remotely? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, now the cars are actually driving and, and, and all of our investors have ridden in the cars and literally seen it. We have a fleet of it. So one day it's, it's, it's um, you know, a dream. Another day it's reality, right? Right. I always I'll tell people it's impossible only until somebody makes it a possibility. <laughs> now, there's a quote. I like it. You know, this is fascinating. And I think this can help probably many people in all different businesses think differently if they're challenging, challenging their business. What is one key component or two? that is successful as part of this and how can we, I hate to use the word pivot because it's kind of an overused word, but it, it, it makes sense in this case because that's what you did. You took a piece and went, okay, we'll go over here. But yeah, I mean, you look at what Tesla's done and Elon Musk and yeah. he had some funds to start with and he's probably, well, not probably, he's an amazing fundraiser. I mean, he's been able to pull this off. Even if you go back to the early days of Amazon and I remember when I moved here 30 years ago, somebody advised me before I bought a, a Porsche I was looking at is you should put all that money in Amazon. And I said, that guy selling books online, who buys books online? Well, that shows how <laughs> how foolish I was. I, I don't even want to think about what that money would be worth today. However, uh, yeah, I mean, even Amazon, you think about, they took this one concept and then said, okay, how can we take this and expand? And now I don't know that he had that idea from the beginning. Maybe he was that smart, but you're right. And I love the story. Um, but building a car from scratch, yeah, that's why not too many people. I'm mean, going to go back to Preston Tucker. He tried it, couldn't <laughs> do it, right? Um, yeah. yeah, just the big boys are after him. But uh, it's it's just, it's a different world now. And I love it. I've had guests on this show that have even built like the solo car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, single-seater car. Uh, the, the the founders of that uh, brand have been on the show and what they did and how they, they're trying to take that. Uh, another gentleman who's been on the show did the same thing. So, yeah, great story. And uh Wonderful. I'm sure at the time, though, you went, this is, how am I going to do this? I can't imagine the head scratching and the uh, re the restless nights oh. you must have had. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and your, your bank balance is uh, read so hard. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to spend the overdraft fee for every single day. How can I borrow $10, $20 right. to prevent that fee is how the world was at that time. Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, you know what? Uh, world needs more people like you and, and others that just keep persevering because otherwise all these fun things that we get to play with, even going back to this little Apple phone in my hand here, um, 
you know, it, it wouldn't exist if people, I mean, you go back to the story of uh, Jobs and, and all of them, everybody, you know, and everybody in their way. But thanks for sharing that story. So bucket list, looking forward, your company, mm-hmm. look, let's not look too far forward because <laughs> things happen, uh, but maybe just two, three years down the road. Maybe that's too far in, in what we're talking about today, but let's try. Where do you see Halo? Yeah, so um, the the original vision, obviously, you narrowed the vision for the company, which is global transition to all electric vehicles without the need to owning cars, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, this year is a very, very humble year. Next year is going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, towards growth and scale and all that kind of good stuff. So this year, our target is just a small fleet of cars. If we're able to get a small fleet of cars on public roads with actual customers, we've made an incredible stride towards what we want to achieve. So next year, the primary 2023 is all about getting the first phase of commercialization ready. Because until now, the company has been in R&D. It lasts four years. We've been under R&D, right? So this year is the first proving year for us. We're getting customers, we're getting repeat customers, and when they experience the product, they get to like, most of our customers are first-time electric vehicle drivers, right? They've never experienced electric cars before. Mm, And with the push of a button, the car just shows up in their doorstep, and then they drive it, and they feel the zipness and the quickness and easy-to-drive form factor. They just get enamored with it. So they keep coming back over and over and over, and the convenience is what they really enjoy. Right. So this year is all about the product market fit and early commercialization of the product. Next year is where the early growth will start. That is, we will know exactly our demographic of customers, how much they're willing to spend, where are they coming from, and how do we think about scale? Because the ultimate vision for us by 2030 is to make a big, big climate impact. I'm going to share some crazy numbers here. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm buckled in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So America has 280 million gasoline cars today on public roads. But when I started the company, I wanted to make a big global climate impact. And 2030 is a pivotal year until we have the opportunity to redact the carbon emissions to prevent the global warming. That's why it's a very, very interesting year. I could go into literally mathematics on this one to like prove how global warming is going to happen and how do we how do we think the 2030 is the biggest year for us to eliminate some of that carbon emissions? So out of the 280 million cars, Halo's goal is to find a way to eliminate 20% of gasoline cars and convert that to electric. But that doesn't mean we're going to be deploying 56 million cars. Not at all. Because if you think about it, one halo is capable of moving 50 to 60 people per day, which means they are giving up their gasoline cars, go to a car as a service model to use an all electric vehicle. Understood. Which means that by 2030, our goal is to have about 1.4 million cars deployed into multiple cities That gives us the opportunity to eliminate 20% of gasoline car emissions. Big numbers, huge numbers. Yeah, when you think of it that way. And uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Well, it's not that far away. You better get to work. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Yeah, I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit, a lot. Let's go. (laughs) I want to talk a little bit, Anand, about 
your personal passion for cars because you do have one and I'm sure again there's there may be some listeners out there and me a little bit included going wait this guy wants to take my car away no you don't you just want to change the perspective of how vehicles are used is there a special vehicle in your life sometime somewhere when you go back I mean could you call yourself I mean I must have to call you a car guy because you're creating cars that do things A little different than maybe the car collector, but is there a special vehicle in your life? And and is it the car you're dealing with right now? Is that what you say? (laughs) No, no, absolutely. There's a special vehicle in my life. So if I, I'm going to date myself a little bit right now. Oh, you're a youngster, my friend, (laughs) from the side (laughs) of the fence. (laughs) So I obviously, I was born, raised in India. And India was very, very early in terms of like the automotive um, adoption in a British colony. One of the first cars that I saw was a Fiat. Okay. It's a very small little vehicle that is tiny, tiny little thing. And that was the very, very first car I started driving on. And it's obviously a stick shift and the stick was right behind the wheel. And there's no power steering, no power brakes, no uh, power clutch, just nothing. It's right. all the tiny vehicle, but drives like a truck. <laughs> yeah. Which which model Fiat that, was this? Uh, I forget the model. I can find the number, but I forget it. it, it, yeah. it was, Some little, we just yeah, call it a Fiat. Little Fiat, yeah, a little round town car. Yeah, it was. I think that year was uh, 1989 mm-hmm. or 1990, maybe if that. And that was the first car I ever put in the first gear. And slowly, the clutch, I kind of reach it with my pedal, I mean, my foot, because I was so short. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> let go of that clutch and the car actually started moving. That was one of the most scariest experience. <laughs> but exhilarating too, I would assume. Exhilarating for sure. And that hooked me into cars. That absolutely hooked me into it. And then I've driven pretty much every single thing from a tractor to, um, you know, another another car that we I, I personally, personally loved in India was the Ambassador. Oh, the, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's literally built like a tank. Yeah. <laughs> it's just full of Steel. Uh, it's just an incredible machine. And that was one of my other favorite vehicles to drive back in India. Fantastic. So I'm a bit of a car psychologist, having spoken with so many people. I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit here and then. Scary place, though. A lot of numbers <laughs> flying around, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of fluid dynamics going on up there. If you were yeah. reincarnated as a vehicle, manifest as a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be, though. This is how you perceive yourself. The man in the mirror as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, why? Oof. Yeah, this is a uh, going deep. <laughs> going no, I know you're opening that uh, can of worms. <laughs> yeah, well, we like to do that. I mean, you're a disruptor, so I'm going to disrupt you a little bit here today. Let's go. Let's go shake the tree. Yeah, I would probably reincarnate myself as a McLaren Formula One car. Oh my gosh! Okay, well now we're talking cars. <laughs> yes. No, you gotta you gotta say why. I kind of yeah. I don't kind of get it. I get it, but why? It's not just because of the speed. It's the the physics behind aerodynamics is what really gets me. I wanted to do a PhD in aerodynamics in Cranfield, but I had to back out because I had already a huge student loan and <laughs> had to pay back a big family debt, so it just didn't work out. But it's it's at one point the physics becomes a dream. You have to dream new new kind of fins that reduce drag, but at the same time put so much downforce 
that a flat tire, Formula One cars have a flat tire. They don't have your your um, traction on it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so as much group as you can get onto the road, which means that you need to have so much downforce, the car actually is glued to the ground. Yeah. <clears throat> it literally sticks to the ground, right? So you have to really radically rethink aerodynamics from scratch. I would say if I were to reincarnate myself, I would just be an evolving McLaren Formula One car. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No, I get the whole concept. Definitely. And it, th- what those vehicles can do is just phenomenal. And I, I've had many racers on the show have talked about, and even do you think about Indianapolis race cars, how they stick oh, to yeah. the ground and how it's counterintuitive to the drivers going through some corners that you do not lift you keep the throttle down because if you do lift, you disrupt that airflow and that's when you go into walls and things. But it's counterintuitive to yeah. what your brain is going, wait, you can't go through this corner that fast. You'll never, <laughs> you'll never make it. Wrong, you will. Yeah. <laughs> Press auto. The faster you go, the, you're very right. The faster you go, the more downforce you generate, the more um, the corners you can achieve, the sharper corners you can achieve. It's incredible. It's absolutely counterintuitive, but it truly works it really does i had an argument with a friend who's not really into cars and i was talking about he was saying all race car drivers are not athletes and i went uh i beg to differ and we we spoke about that and i said (laughs) if i put you in an f1 car and you could drive the way any f1 car driver drives you would probably pass out in the corner because your head would slam into the side of the car (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. and you'd yeah yeah near like f1 you know, like F1 drivers are almost near like a like you're in the cockpit of a fighter jet. Fighter, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you experience that much downforce. You experience that much G-force that you have to be in tip-top shape. And obviously, all of these Formula 1 racers just are literally athletes. They train several hours a day consistently before the race. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, especially working on their upper body strength and their neck oh, yeah. and, and all that. So, yeah, it's phenomenal. There you go. Well, that makes sense to me, Anand. Uh, McLaren Formula One. Very, very cool. I did have the uh, the guy running the McLaren team as a guest on the show, so you can go back and listen to my talk with him and what he's doing. Have you watched the series uh, Drive to Survive? Oh, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, pretty phenomenal. They they really, I think they've changed. That series has changed and increased their viewership of those races uh, tenfold by far. Because, it, yeah, it tells the backstory. How about a great book? Is there a great book that you've read you could share with our listeners? It doesn't have to be about cars. <laughs> Let me think about this for a second. I would say it, it's a classic one. It taught me a lot because I was a complete introvert. And I, I was a very awkward kid, um, socially inert. <laughs> so okay. it, it took me a while to become very social, to, to go out of my shell, like talk to people. And this book was very interesting for me. It really, really helped me. It's How to Win and Influence People uh, is yeah. one of my classic, <laughs> classic, classic books. And learning how to interact with people, how to make friends, how to make an impact in people when, when, you, when you leave a conversation. It's just an unbelievable book. Yes. Yeah. Dale Carnegie. Fascinating. Yeah. Book. I think that I gave my kids that book when they went into high school because, of course, probably <laughs> should have done it when they went into junior high because that's when you really are awkward, you know? Yeah. And people are yeah. yanking your chain. And, and it seems like, especially 
the girls, oh my gosh, talk oh, yeah. about twisting oh, people yeah. in knots, man, uh, can be vicious. But uh, yeah, it's a great book. I'm glad you recommended that. So I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive. This should be an interesting answer from a guy like you. I'm going to park any car in the world in front of your house and you can take it for a drive. You can go anywhere. But here's the key. You can take anybody with you, even somebody from the past or somebody who's no longer with us. Now, I'm not going to allow you to say the obvious. Summons a halo car to get around. <laughs> We're going to have a little more fun than that right now. I'm not saying what you're doing isn't fun for sure, but I want to kind of go out there on a, an edge and we'll take those weekend driving things. So what am I going to park in your driveway and who are you going to have with you? Lovely question. So I'm going to say it's a McLaren P1. Oh my gosh. Okay. I think we have a fan here. <laughs> and uh, the guest I'm going to take with me is going to be Arden Senna. Oh, one of my favorites. <laughs> he is, they say, they say gods die in their field, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Formula One has ever seen a better racer than Arden Senna. I agree. He's definitely one of my favorites. I, I even have a quote of his on my business card. Uh, yeah, I still have business <laughs> cards. I know you're probably like, Mark, nobody has business cards anymore. <laughs> no, I still have business cards. Yeah. Uh, right. the, the, the quote I love from him is, um, the past is just data. I only see the future. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love it. So where are you going to be driving in this McLaren P1? <laughs> um, if it's going to be November this year, I might probably take that with Arton in the brand new Formula One track in Las Vegas. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're we're coming to your town. Holy cow. Well, there you go. I think that'd be cool. Now, would you have him driving so you could watch those magic feet, or would you give him a drive and ask him a lot of questions? <laughs> I don't know if I, I can handle him driving me around. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but hey, we live once, right? And it's a fantasy, so might as well give, it, give the steering to him, so... <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fun. Marvelous. You have taken us on a ride into the future, which is here today. And I can't thank you enough for sharing your journey. Uh, my hat's off to you and your team for what you guys are doing. People like you are, uh, again, the, I love disruptors and changing the way that we all think, which is always a good thing. Well, not always, maybe, but most of the time it's a good thing. And uh, I love, love that you came here and spent some time sharing this with us. Before I let you go, could you share maybe... Some parting words of wisdom or inspiration with our listeners? Perseverance is a virtue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard. That's for it sure. Is. Yeah. I, Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have uh, interviewed 2,291 people at this point. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's our internal compass is always pointing in the direction that we should be focusing on in life. And when we don't listen to it, we completely misalign. We're looking at external influences to satisfy something for us internally, but we have it all internally. The compass tells us exactly what we need. If we just listen to it, if we just focus on it, we're going to make great things in the world. Anybody can make great things in the world. It's just there in us. We just have to find a way to listen to it. There you go. Wonderful thought. I love it. How can people learn more about Halo? They can go to halo.car, um, the mobile web mobile web or just a desktop. And next time anybody's in um, Vegas, they can absolutely request a car. We'll come and deliver the car to you, experience it, drive around, and, and uh, you know, let us know what do you think and how we can improve. 
Well, I hope to make it to the SEMA show again this year. I'm going to take you up on that and give that a try. I think that'll be pretty darn cool. And uh, maybe we can connect there and I can say, hey, this is a neat idea at work. Uh, Car showed up, got to drive, and uh, thank you very much. I also want to do a shout out. Thank you to Kelly at Sling and Stone for introducing me to Anon. She's brought some great guests to the show. So, Kelly. Thank you very much. Anand, hey, thank you for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and sharing the future with us today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road with a halo. (laughs) Thank you very much, Mike. Have a good day. You're welcome. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.